G'day, welcome to On The Road, the number one Australian trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're an independent voice in Australian trucking and proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. G'day, welcome to show 150. Well, who'd have ever thought we'd make it this far? Really quite surprising to me the number of people that listen to the show. The numbers uh, for the show uh, are just incredible, really. I sometimes can't believe there are that many people out there that want to listen to what uh, Andy and I and others have to say. It really quite just blows me away. really does. Anyway, today Andy's got Laura Frank for a, a bit of an interview and a couple of tracks from her. Bob McMillan joins us again for something to talk about. Andy and I do the news. We've pretty much stopped doing an interview because we wanted to cut the show back to like an hour and we've got those two live shows that are running every week now where we do our interviews and have our chats and everything. So a little bit of a change in format. There will be an interview on here in the next couple of weeks that I've just done with Mr. Paul Salvati. He's the Chief Operating Officer at the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator. Quite an interesting conversation, having a bit of a talk about the SCOs. That's the uh, basically on-road enforcement officers and uh, how that all works. Really, really good to uh, get some sort of an understanding of that. Regardless of what you think of the NHVR, we do have to live with them. We do have to work with them and they have to work with us. And uh, we're all just out there trying to do a job, really, all of us, them included. So looking forward to bringing you that one once I've got it sorted out. And there are a number of other things happening. A couple of weeks now till we get to the Casino Truck Show. That's August the 5th. We're going there to that. All the uh, the team from On The Road Radio, On The Road Podcast and Truck and Life magazine, uh, we're all going to be there. And uh, magazines, going to have some merch, T-shirts, caps, things like that. Yogi's going to be there signing autographs. Two of the Rig of the Month trucks are going to be there that we've got for the three Rig of the Month posters in the new magazine. And the front cover truck, Mr. Andrew Salter's Aerodyne, is supposed to be there as well, hoping that that's going to happen. And it's going to be a really, really big weekend. Get up to Casino if you can and check it out. It's a bit late now to try and get accommodation up that way. Uh, you might have to look a little bit further afield if you want some accommodation. But it's probably the best working truck show in the Southern Hemisphere. Well, that's my opinion anyway. Looking forward to seeing you there, taking photos and meeting everyone. We'll be broadcasting live. And uh, if you come around past the, the stand there where we're set up, you'll get a bit of a program and, and that sort of thing to find out what's going on through the day. So that's that one. Then, of course, at the end of August, we've got the Hall of Fame celebrations, the Festival of Transport in Alice Springs. That's the last weekend of August. So we're going to be out there for that one. The Razorback guys are going to be out there receiving the inaugural History Makers Award, something that I'm very, very proud of. We've been a part of getting all that together. Truck and Life is sponsoring that event uh, along with others. And you know, I've got to say a great big thank you to Rob, who you know, donated 500 to uh, help us uh, put on some breakfast for the guys out there. And also uh, Brownie at TBI at Wagga. One of the best blokes in insurance I've ever met, and I'll be talking to him about insurance down the track, and I'm trying to. He's a bit gun-shy, try and get Brownie on to have a bit of a chat. But he also 
tipped in a few hundred bucks as well. Love you, Brownie. Great work, mate. Thank you very much. And of course, Centurion in Western Australia, who donated the bulk of the money to get the guys from Sydney across to Alice Springs. No mean achievement. And uh, thanks to my mate, Glenn Stirl, for opening the door and starting the communication and helping that happen. Really is amazing the way sometimes people are willing to get behind things and help out and make things happen. I really do like that part of what we do. Anyway, let's get on with the show. We'll kick it off with uh, we'll kick it off with the news. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Here on the road, it's time for the news. G'day, mate. How are you? Mate, doing all right for an old bloke. How about yourself? Oh, not too bad, I suppose. 150 today, mate. 150. You don't look a day over 70. <laughs> oh, episodes. <laughs> the... Yeah, right. Yes. Episodes. 150 episodes. Who'd have thought today? Yeah, well, plus all the bonuses that went in, plus but 150, that's something else. Yeah, no, I'm quite happy. Quite happy. Quite proud of our achievement. Yeah, rightly so. It's enough backslapping anyway. <laughs> better get on with it. Better get on with it, I suppose. So, mate, the big news of the week: no more Commonwealth Games for Victoria. Yeah, that's terrible, isn't it? What a fiasco that's mm. been. Well, I was going to say cluster something, but I thought a bit enough. Ding, ding. <laughs> We've got it all going on. Oh yeah, the whole thing with the Commonwealth Games. It reminded me of the three blokes at the Olympic Games at Manchester. Oh, right, oh, yep. In England, who wanted to see the games but couldn't afford to buy tickets. Yep. So the first one, an Englishman found a, a long wooden pole on the ground, walked up to the guy at the gate and said, my name's Bentley, I'm competing in the high jump. Yes. The guard at the gate said, yeah, all right, he must be an athlete, in you go. Yeah. Second bloke comes up, Scotsman, who uh, pinches a frisbee from a couple of kids playing outside and says to the guard, my name's McGregor, I'm competing for Scotland in the discus, in he goes. Yeah. Third bloke was an Irishman, oddly enough. Saw a bale of barbed wire on the ground, goes up to the guard and says, My name's Murphy, and to be sure, I'm competing for Ireland in the fencing. <laughs> oh, dear, I did. Yeah, so just got to make sure the wife doesn't hear that one now. <laughs> to be sure, to be sure. My lovely Irish bride. Yes. Uh, Has she got red hair? No, no, no. She, she's an actual blonde. All First right, blonde hey. I've ever had in my life, mate, which All right, was hey. quite interesting. I... I well, it was I'd, blonde. There's a bit of grey, whitey sort of. Don't, yeah. no, no, don't, 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 don't. We'll leave that. Don't, don't go there. <laughs> no, she's blonde. Oh yeah, I, I knew blonde her. and Irish. What a mix. Yeah, I knew a redheaded Irish lady once. I tell you what, she was a firecracker. 
So what news are we not talking about this week, mate? Oh, look, mate, there's lots of news. You can troll around and find all sorts of things on the internet. If You you don't even have to look very hard. People keep sending me things. Uh, mm. it's, it's just really quite scary when you lose control of your mouse and can't get to the window that you want. Yeah. Um, and I said I was going to be organised today, didn't I? You, you did mention that. I did mention I'd try to be organised today. Oh, dear Lord. Now I've closed a window that I wanted to keep open. Yeah. I don't know what you've done to me. What have you done to me? <laughs> I love the way I get the blame for these things. It's, it's all your fault. We're yeah. not going to talk about registrations being open for casino because if you don't know that, you're not really into trucking. Right. Hyundai has reviewed its mighty electric light truck from the uh, Brisbane show. We're not talking about that. No. Uh, Volvos have delivered a few more trucks. It's a surprise Volvo are delivering trucks. Uh, they've got a new range of... Uh, of trucks to sway drivers there's a everyone's getting prepared for the harvest season i thought that was already on mm. uh, stories about electric trucks not going to talk about any of that stuff thank god thank god and uh, <laughs> of course if we if we just sort of skip around and have a look at a few other things um mm. there's plenty of ads for drivers being wanted there's load limit changes on the barren river bridge on the kennedy highway if you're going up that way have a bit of a look at that you should plan your route we all know that Mm-hmm. And you know what the toughest trailer to try and rent these days is, mate? Not a fridge van, not a flat top. Huh. What do you reckon? Don't know. Oh, a tanker? No, 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 you can rent those. They're, they're easy enough to rent. But okay. he, uh, uh, quad axle floats. Why is that? They've become popular. Well, because they cart a lot of specialised freight, obviously. Yeah. And uh, and they're a bit hard to come by in the rental market. So if you want a quad axle float, you've got to book it in well in advance. Anyway, there you go. That's the news we're not talking about. Have a bit of a troll around the social media and some of the pages. Bask in the spelling mistakes of so-called professional trucking media. Um, and, yeah, just enjoy enjoy the day. It's great fun. Have a laugh. Yeah. Well, we've got a bit of space in the workshop at the moment. I might try and knock up some of those trailers, mate. I think you should. a buck to be, mate. Yeah. Get the world around. Yeah. There you not go. sure you can make... Well, you're not sure... I don't think you can make them out of wood, though. You've got to, you've got to get, turn your hand to steel. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I could get aluminium paint and paint the wood. No one would know. Until a fire breaks out. Oh, uh, no, no. Yeah. yeah. It's all right, mate. They'd crack up the waste. <laughs> Don't even start going you know, cracked up trailers. But anyway. Yeah. Right, Well, we go. Time to get into it, mate. Let's get serious. In we go. In a case of alleged wage theft and sham contracting, WA Senator Glenn Stirl has questioned the National Farmers Federation about a particular job advertisement for an MC driver. He has sham contracting is one of those things that's rife in the trucking industry. Glenn and I are very much on the same page with this sort of thing. Now, for those who don't understand what a sham contract is, it's where you take a job as a driver, but you have to have an ABN and you work for the one company. So they try and create this arm's length relationship so they don't have to pay all the normal uh, workers' entitlements like holiday pay and sick pay and you know, superannuation and all that sort of stuff. With an yeah. ABN, you're supposed to take that on yourself. So yeah. the conditions for this job that we're talking about is that the person must have a clean MC licence. They must have experience in agricultural cartage. They must have good communication skills. And mm. finally, they must have an ABN. 
Now, get this. The pay offered for this position is $20 an hour plus GST negotiable. That's terrific. <laughs> $20 an hour, right? Yeah. Uh, now, as Stell pointed out, that's less than the starting rate for a job tow and a single. And here we're talking about double articulated vehicles, including up to 53.4 tonnes uh, GCM, including b tubbles. New South Wales, the award rate for this is $26.16. Yeah. They've advertised the job for $6 less than the award. Hmm. It's a sham and it's blatant wage theft. Now, I can't see why anyone would want to be talking about this. Now, the National Farmers Federation have done nothing about it. Now, they were, so Stell's asked the question whether the NFF uh, support this sort of behaviour. He says, what are the National Farmers Federation doing to draw attention to the blatant wage theft and use of sham contracting arrangements in their industry? Because it's rife, absolutely rife in the farming industry, this Mm -hmm. sort of rubbish. And we need to, he called on uh, people to support uh, stronger laws for for wage theft and, you know, campaigning against a lot of this stuff. Now, I agree with Glenn entirely. But it's not only this that's that's causing the problems. There's drivers working kilometre rates and being expected to sit sit around for hours and hours and hours waiting, as yeah. if this is all part of the part of the rate. And I've worked it all in, mate. You'll need to just suck it up, you know. Mm. The level of experience people want new employees to have, uh, it just plays right into everything that I've ever said about uh, you know, driver recruitment, retention, and training. Everyone wants everything moved for nothing. Mm. The customers want everything moved for nothing. It's all about cost recovery. It's got to be. And we'll move on to that with sort of one of the other stories down the track where I find myself horribly having to agree with Warren Clark. We'll get there. I'm putting it off. Oh, that's something to look forward to. Well, 20 bucks an hour, that's about the going rate for a 16-year-old at McDonald's, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you'd be better off, wouldn't you? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, as long just... as you don't eat the food. <laughs> well, yeah. I can't imagine a guy looking at that and going, oh, gee, look at that. That's attractive. I like that. Yeah. The only people that would find that attractive are drivers with a history of other problems who can't get a job with a reputable company. Mm. That They're the people that find that sort of thing interesting. And the sort of people that offer those sort of rates, you know, out in public, they don't care. Yep. You know, they just don't care. It just makes my blood boil seeing things like that. But anyway. Wrong on many levels. Oh, so many levels, yeah. Well, made a new initiative called Open Road, Open Up, which encourages truckies to talk about mental health concerns, is being led by our old mate Rod Hannafy. Yeah, Rod uh, came on the show with us the other night and we had a bit of a chat about all this sort of thing. Rod has started this thing with uh, rural outreach counselling. A bit yep. of a sign on the back of his truck that says, give me a call on 24. Hmm. So the idea of this is obviously... We're driving around, blokes are sitting in the cab, we've got plenty of time to chew over issues. We you know, we can have whole conversations with ourselves in our head while we're driving along. Yep. And sometimes come to completely the wrong conclusion. So yes. if anyone wants to listen to the conversation that uh, Yogi Craig and I had with Rod about this, just listen to the Wednesday Night Live show. Rod came on as a guest and we had to talk about that and many other subjects transport-related. Um, Rod's been uh, sponsored for this one by GME and partnered with the Rural Outreach Counselling Group. Uh, look, Rod's been working on this sort of thing for a long time. Mental health mm. is one of those things that's very near and dear to his heart and certainly the hearts of a lot of us in the industry who have had the chance to think about 
what's going on and had the experience to you know, be on our own and sit there and chew over the facts and the fantasies that we sometimes yep. you know, get involved in our heads. And uh, hmm. you know, I would encourage anyone, if, you know, I mean, if you've got someone, you see the sign on the back of the truck, you know, give us a call on 24, we'll you know, by all means do that and say day. And you know, it's a good chance you're out there in the open. We, we don't always have time to talk to someone. Yeah, sometimes that's the best answer. Of yeah. course, if you do have any issues, uh, please feel free to visit Lifeline at their website or give them a call on one three one 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 four. That's one three triple one four. Beyond mm-hmm. Blue is one three hundred twenty two forty six thirty six. Yep. And Health in Gear one eight hundred four six four three two seven. Those numbers I'll put in the show notes just so that you can reference them. But they, they're out there. Never feel that you're alone. And, uh, you know, give Rod a call on 24. Absolutely brilliant. Mike, the ATA has called on the Fair Work Commission to replace fixed B2B rates for the transport industry with minimum standards. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think of when you hear the word B2B? Does anyone have any idea what that means? Well, business to business. Well, it is business to business, but most people don't realise that they give it. Back to base. Back to basics. <laughs> you know, banana one and banana two. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. Right, uh, the ATA has called for the Fair Work Commission to set these minimum standards. And look, this is where we get to the point that I have to start agreeing with some people about things that get a little bit, you know, even a bloke with broken clocks right twice a day. Uh Minimum standards uh, include cost schedules and other requirements don't involve rates. Mm. You know, everyone that I've spoken to about this so-called safe rates campaign that seems to have become the uh, the catch cry. And of course, when, then we immediately reference that to the Road Safety Remuneration Tribunal. I start to glaze over and people start to shut off, right? Yeah. We've got to put the past behind us. We really do. We've got to move on. We've got to start looking at things in a very, very serious way. We talk about minimum standards. Well, you know, there, there does have to be some minimum standards. You can't have trucks on the road that are held together by duct tape and bailing wire. It just, mm. We just can't do that anymore. We really can't. And all some, made of wood. So all made of wood, indeed. Mm. Um, so, so the idea of it is that we need to start to think about the cost recovery we need to get to run our vehicles and businesses at minimum standards. Mm. Sometimes the only way that you can make that happen is to enshrine minimum standards in legislation. And that is what the uh, current move is with the the government now. I mean, I've spoken to Glenn Searle about this several times, as you're well aware, and our audience is well aware. Mm. Uh there's got to be some cost schedules and other requirements that don't involve rates. That's the that's the story with it. Uh, committees agreed to press for a two-stage process to make road freight transport orders with the equivalent of a notice of proposed ruling made 24 months before an order comes into force. Now, the important thing about this is we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater like we did last time. Mm. Everyone basically stripped a gear when they read those orders from the Road Safety Remuneration Tribunal. The orders were crap. The idea of the tribunal was good. 
uh, the only people that applauded that were the customers who, you know, like these people that want to offer the sham contracts and the crap rates. They want to keep things down. That's their goal. Yep. Truck drivers, owner drivers, we haven't been very effective in lobbying the lawmakers. Uh, you know, we're too busy with our heads down, our asses up working. And so what happens is a lot of this thing, these things sort of happen in the background. And lo and behold, when the change, mate, everyone goes, oh, gee, I didn't know that was happening. Well, yeah, you did, mate. We've been talking about it for two years. You yeah. just haven't been paying attention. Yeah. What needs to happen now is people need to start paying attention to what's going on. There's no secrets here. No one is hiding the ball, you know. Mm. Not like Linus having the ball hidden or anything like that. Mm. You know, we all know what's going on. Cost recovery is what it's all about. What that means is we need to get uh, rates that we uh, allow us to get cost recovery. We need to be able to have the conversation with the people we cart the freight for that says this is the minimum cost it is to make the cart the freight. We expect to get cost recovery. You need to pay. It's pretty straightforward, now, isn't it? it it's, it's not rocket science. Yeah. You know, in any business, it's not rocket science. When the mechanic puts his hourly rate up, everyone whinges and moans, mm. but they want their machinery fixed. You know? Yeah. If, it, if BP put the price up on fuel, everyone whinges and moans, but you pay the fuel. If you don't, you don't move. Yeah, you know? that's it. You know, the excises and taxes and things go up and we all whinge and moan about that, you know. But we pay. We have to pay. Otherwise, things don't happen. Yeah. Why is it that it's the blokes that are sitting behind the wheel and the people that own and operate these trucks are the ones that always have to take the biggest bite of the unpleasant sandwich and make life easier for everyone else? I am mm. shocked that people like Senator Hanson, who I have a great deal of time for, as you well know, Mm. isn't on the right side of this argument. Mm. You know, they're talking about protecting the farmers and all that sort of thing. You know, the farmers can't afford to pay. Well, I'm sorry, the farmers are going to have to pay because why should the trucking industry pay? Yeah. At the end of the day, all these costs get passed down the line. Yeah. The, the end user actually has to pay. Mm. It's the way it's always been. Mm. Perhaps... You know, as my old mate Trevor Warner says, a few extra cents on that kilo of bananas, you know, or a few extra cents on that pineapple or a few extra cents on those spuds or whatever it is. And those costs have to be returned to the people that actually do the work rather than go into the shareholders' pockets in dividends. I'm not a, you know, I've been called a lefty for arguing that case. Nothing left-wing about it. It's just, it's reality. It's not communism. It's not socialism. It's commercial reality it is mate it just makes you scratch your head when you think that all these things that you would think are right and logical mm. and make sense are usually so far from reality it's not funny and how we get the world yeah. to turn around and do these things i don't know the fact is that it only ever becomes interesting to someone when mm. they have a business that's starting to feel the pinch when they're personally affected that's yeah. right you just got to go ahead and talk about what's going on. New ATA CEO, uh, Matthew Munro, says that the Road Safety Remuneration Act had attempted to impose these minimum rates on drivers and that was the wrong way to go. And he's right in that. We need to get talking about these minimum standards. And, you know, if you've got something to say, then once these orders or, or legislated changes are put in place, you've got two years to go and have a conversation about it. Don't yeah. start crying 
And certainly don't start crying if you don't say anything. If you don't say anything, silence is acceptance. It always has been regarded that way. So I've got no sympathy for those who won't contribute to the conversation and then complain about the result. There you go. I'm done with that one. Mate, the Summerton Intermodal Terminal currently under construction in Melbourne's north is expected to reduce the number of trucks on Melbourne's suburban streets by around 500,000. That's around, by my calculations, half a million each year. Mm. Mm. So this, bear in mind this is happening in Melbourne and Melbourne can move the goalposts at any moment. And do. And do, right. Mm. Uh, 500,000 truck trips off Melbourne roads. Uh, so... As I understand it, what we're talking about is a, 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 like a hub. We've talked about this before. We talked about this about a year or so ago, if, if I recall, yeah. uh, where SCT Logistics uh, and, and partners uh, were putting in this freight facility in Altona uh, in, at the Port of Melbourne, and it was regarded as a major uh, improvement in the way uh, the, the port was going to be cleared. Now, I've been I've driven down around the port in Melbourne. It is a bloody nightmare. There's trucks, container trucks, all over the place. It just it's a feature of you know the way we live. If you live right next to a big container port, you're going to have container trucks. It's as simple as that. So yeah. they decided that this port rail shuttle network would enable trucks to deliver and pick up containers from hubs, and that would reduce the number of inner city truck movements. And it's true, but what they've done is they've effectively moved the problem from one place to another place. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, don't think it's going to be the silver bullet that fixes the whole thing. $125 million, uh, in new rail infrastructure. And if you think, gee, that's a lot of money. When you're talking about train tracks, it's not a lot of money at all. Mm. They're going to build some infrastructure to cater for these shuttle trains and everything. Have you ever watched that show Utopia on the ABC? Can't say I have. Oh, mate, do yourself a favour. And uh, and go if if anyone's got Netflix, go and have a look at Utopia, and it tells you how things are run and done. They had mm. one um, this uh, uh, stadium in Tasmania, the football stadium in Tasmania. Mm. And I swear to Christ, the government have taken the script of Utopia <laughs> and, <laughs> and started talking about this thing in Tasmania. Entirely another story. So what I'm saying to you is reference to the Utopia is. Give some uh, politicians some sh- uh, some uh, high vis. Bit disappointed. I see a photo of here, the minister for ports and and freight, uh, Melissa Horn. Uh, she's done the right thing. She's got the high vis on, but no helmet. Bit disappointed with that. Yeah. We need, and we need to have the helmet. And uh, give them some shiny silver shovels with a little bit of engraving on it, and get them to break the ground on the new pay- new uh, piece of infrastructure. The the rule is. Just make it look like you're making progress, making an announcement, take a few photos, feed that to the media, and the job's done. And yep. I, I know I sound cynical, but the Andrews, <laughs> Andrews government's freight failure so far is an absolute missed opportunity on everything. Yeah, yep. It's a shit show. It's just like the rest of Victoria. It's an absolute shit show. And I honestly don't understand how this guy got re-elected. I really don't. No. They're talking about keeping 30% of trucks, 30% growth of the ports container uh, trade uh, away from the traffic on the roads, 30%. Good luck with that. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) So the share of rail freight going in and out of Port Melbourne is now less than its 2014 peak. Right, Great stuff. 
It's a shit show. Yeah, absolute it shamb- it's an absolute shambles, and people keep voting for these clans. It's unbelievable. You get what you deserve, Victoria. I'm sorry. It's pretty much what it comes down to, isn't it? Yeah, you get what you vote for. Well, that's us tied up, mate. Have you got any any late breaking stuff for us? Beep, 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 beep. I certainly do, right? Now, I've been... Stupid question. This is the bit that I've been avoiding, right? Yeah. Warren Clark pat himself on the... Hey? You're not going to get off your horse, are you? Oh, no. I ain't going to... I've just got... Hang on, I'll just... Come over here, mate. Saddle up. <laughs> we'll put that saddle on. I'll just climb back on for a minute. <laughs> no, no. You know how I've been whinging about tolls forever, right, eh? Have you? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> and that the fact that you just can't avoid toll roads. If you're in a truck, you just can't avoid toll roads. Yeah. Uh, my old favourite, my hobby horse, North Connects, impossible to avoid if you're driving a truck about 12 and a half metres long. You can't go up Pendles Road because if you do, you cop a big fine. You've got to go. You've got to go around. We've got all these tolls. Cost you, Christ knows, it's it's big money to drive around the tolls in in Sydney. Oh yeah. John Graham's. Uh, called for the appointment of a toll czar to lift the lid on secret deals and all that sort of thing. So, Alan Fells is, is the is the guy that's going to do that. A toll czar. A toll czar. C Z A R. Nothing. No, nothing Russian that's about that. Stuff. Nothing Russian about that. Mm. So, uh, now, welcome to the party, guys. Tolls are a cost over which road transport has no control. Right. Mm. Uh, they've been wearing the burden of the increase in tolls for like years. So, Warren Clark is the CEO of the National Road Transport Association. Now, look, everyone knows that I've had a crack at Warren, right? <laughs> I really have. Yeah. But I got to agree with, with Warren. I do. Not There's again. a lack of transparency in tolling of heavy vehicles. He finds it infuriating. Yeah. Transurban uses a formula to jack up the cost of tolls for trucks on a regular basis. Nat Road is especially happy to see that this is all going to be examined as part of the review. With the exception of the Harbour Tunnel, sorry, the Harbour Bridge, every single toll road in Sydney is run by a private company and all yeah. but two of those are operated by Transurban. So that sort of market dominance, we used to call it a monopoly back in the day or a monopoly position and you know, people like the ACCC would get stuck into that and say, oh, no, no, we can't do that. These mm. days everyone sort of turns a blind eye to all that sort of thing. You can't opt out of the tunnels. Now, harking back to the cost recovery story that we were talking about before, yep. tolls are just another expense like any other in road transport. If you're paying your own tolls, you're a fool. Yeah. What you need to do is pass on the tolls to the end user. It's a cost mm. incurred in cutting their freight, right? Eh? Mm. If you jump in a taxi and go for a ride in a taxi... You pay a flag fall, then you pay the fare, right? Yep. And if you pay a toll, I believe they add the price of the toll onto the fare, don't they? Oh, pretty sure they do. Right. So why don't trucks do that? I don't understand it. Why do we keep eating the costs to make life better for the customers? We need some more transparency. So that's all I've got on that one. Warren, well done. And, uh, you know, give me a ring. We've got lots to talk about, Warren. We really do. <laughs> It would seem so. There's another one. Okay. This is this is this is just a welcome to the conversation sort of a thing, right? Yeah. The headline on the twenty first of the seventh, which is you know, like within recent memory, mm. 
Female drivers feel unsafe at rest stop, a study has found. So welcome to the party. Yes. <laughs> they go and they talk about all about rest stops and all the rest of it, what we should have and what we shouldn't have. The study has found that it's critical that heavy vehicle drivers are as mentally healthy as they can be so that they can maintain concentration and deal with the stress of the road. To yep. achieve this, it's critical we provide the support they need while on the road. This includes suitable rest areas, clean, usable facilities, and it's an important part of that support. Well, welcome to the conversation. This study was done by TMX Global Associate Professor James Sheeran, mm. and he says... Uh, how rest areas are designed influences not only whether drivers get the rest they need, but whether they stop at all. He's absolutely correct about that. He yep. really, you know, why do we need someone like James Sheeran, who's an associate director at TMX, to come out and say everything? And goes, oh, look at that. James said that. That must be right. People like me have been saying it for 15 years. People like Rod Hannafy have been saying it for, for longer than that. Is he related to Ed Sheeran at all? No, I don't think he is. Okay. Maybe he's related to the bloke who makes the footballs or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, there's that too. There's that too. Improving the infrastructure for heavy vehicle drivers across the country will reduce the number of accidents on the road every year. This bloke has a degree in stating the bloody obvious. I can hear your one hand clapping again. Oh, mate, I'm, it's, it's furious. It's going off. Mm. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. They've made some recommendations. Uh, the establishment of a national heavy vehicle rest area strategy. <laughs> oh, good God! What are they? There's a novel thought. There's yeah. a novel thought. What do you think? What do you think Sterling's been trying to do for years? Yeah, I don't know why someone hasn't thought of that before. Ongoing consultation with an industry action group. Oh dear, right? Hey, what, what do we call this rest area steering committee that we've got going? What would that be? I don't know. Isn't that a round table? <laughs> it's a round table. <laughs> Adding clean toilets and adequate parking. Yep. to current minimum design standards for heavy vehicle rest areas? Jeez, mm, I don't know. Design and impl implementation of a heavy rest area pilot stop. Mm. Fuck if I know. I just can't get over it. Mm. How much? I wonder how much people paid for that study. They could have got 10 truck drivers in the buddy uh, in a roadhouse, yep. put a plate of toasted egg and bacon sandwich sambos on the table. Yeah, give them a feed. Yep. Half, half a dozen cups of, you know, cup of coffee each. Yep. And spend a couple of hours talking about rest stops. They could have got all that information. Would have cost like 150 bucks. Mm. Unbelievable. Anyway, that's breaking news, mate. <laughs> it, just, it should have been news. We shouldn't talk about that. But anyway, there you go. Yeah. News that's not news. I'm glad we did talk about it. I love it when there's something fresh and new and, and <laughs> right out there. It's, <laughs> it's a novel approach, isn't it? Just novel. Oh, it is. It is. Welcome to the conversation. Evil thought for the week. Thank you. Don't wait for the world to change. Change your mind about the world. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Right, mate. Well, that's that. That's the news. All right, brother. I'll catch up with you later on, eh? You will indeed. You stay safe. Thanks, mate. See ya. Life can be tough, and these last few years have shown that sometimes a little extra help can go a long way. 
Health in Gear is brought to you by the OzHelp Foundation and we're here to support the drivers and workers in the transport and logistics industry. Bringing you roadside health checks and free support and counselling for workers and their families through the 24-7 phone line 1-800-IN-GEAR. Remember you don't have to face the road ahead alone. Health in Gear are here for the long haul, supporting your mental health and preventing suicide across Australia. Check out healthingear.com.au G'day, Andy here once again with an instalment in our homegrown Aussie music artist feature series. In this episode, we catch up with an old friend we spoke with last year. Raised in Charlwood in Queensland, she's a country rock poet with an incredibly diverse background. Having owned and run a mixed martial arts studio, had her own trendy cafe in Newstead, worked with the Indelibility Arts Theatre Company providing employment for people with a disability, and has had continued involvement with the Muso Magic and Outback Tracks organisations, providing songwriting opportunities for rural and remote Indigenous communities around Australia and internationally. She built her own tiny house and has gone on to record a swag of country singles, all of which have been elevated into the top ten on the Australian country music charts. With a string of new releases coming throughout 2023, She's just released her latest single called Leavin' and she's joining us this week to talk about the song and what she's been up to since the last time we spoke. It's great to welcome back the ultra-talented human dynamo who is Laura Frank. Hey, Laura, lovely to catch up again. Welcome back to On The Road. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It's great to chat. Yeah, well, we'll just have to keep doing this till we get it right, I think. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Now, you've achieved great success with the single days gone by. We introduced to our listeners last time we spoke. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's always a wild ride releasing new music to the world, but it's been good. Yeah, well... You've got a brand new release, and we'll talk about that in a minute. I do. But before we do, what have you been up to this year so far? Well, look, releasing music, we've been in the studio since then as well, which is exciting for some projects happening later down the track. Right. I've played some shows with some Aussie legends. Uh-huh. We supported Chocolate Starfish earlier this year at a show in Twin Towns. Very cool. It was so, so cool. I mean, those guys are just such great showmen and their shows are always so much fun. Oh, yeah. So it was really awesome to hang out with those guys. And we jumped on stage before Daryl Braithwaite as well, which was also awesome. Oh, yeah. Really cool experience. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met, I think. You know what? We didn't actually get to meet him because he was kind of in between gigs and he had one before and places to go afterwards. So it was like a, he quickly rushed in and did his set on stage and then rushed away. So yeah. I didn't get to actually chat, but um, it's good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Oh, look, he is. And I think it seems to happen with most people as they get older, they, they mellow. But yeah. I interviewed him for a previous podcast oh, a couple of years ago and what was meant to be a 10-minute interview went for an hour and a half. and. <laughs> He was just such a lovely man, and I recall I saw him live on the Gold Coast a bunch of years ago. Yeah. It was a really, really poorly promoted show. Ah. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And when we got there, there was a whole bunch of us in the freebie seats on the side. Yeah. Probably about 30 of us. Yeah. When the curtain went up, there was about 15 people in front of house. Yeah, right. So we all went, hey, we better get down in front of house and fill this up a bit. Fill it up, exactly. We felt embarrassed for him. He got on stage and he performed like there was 5,000 people there. Yeah, it's awesome. There's just a sign of a great artist, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we're not here to talk about him. <laughs> anyway, it, yes, well, it, it was great. It was great to kind of support him and, and be part of the show. It was it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the new single, Leaving, we spoke about that. Such a beautiful and soul-stirring song. Thank you. How did the song come about? What led you to writing this one? Thank you. Yeah, well, this song came about because six years ago, Nick, my partner, who is also my guitarist, and we co-write everything together. Mm. We decided to become full-time musicians. We wanted to give it a crack. And we started on that journey as full-time cover artists. So we were playing in, you know, pubs and clubs and, and venues around Australia. Yeah. And we were paying our rent with that income, which means when the work comes in, you say yes, because you never know, you know, when it's going to stop coming in. Yeah. So we were sometimes playing up to five gigs in a weekend. And so the goal and the dream for me has always been kind of my original music and playing original shows. But as most people know, that doesn't kind of put food on the table until you're, you know, making it a bit big in the industry. So mm. you've got to start somewhere. Mm. And so we were playing all these cover shows and it got to the point where it became kind of a day job. Yeah. And you know, people are requesting the same songs every weekend and you end up playing the same things over and over again. And it kind of just got to me a little bit because I was like, man, you know, when you have the dream, you're like, this actually isn't the dream, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And so we were doing that for a long time and we still do play cover shows. I mean, we just played two on the weekend and they were awesome. Yeah. But we just have kind of decided to make more time and refocus our business on, on the original music. But Playing all of those cover shows over that period of time kind of led to the song, Leaving. I think more universally, it just became a song about finding yourself in a place where you feel a bit stuck. Yeah. And, you know, like you thought this path and the journey was going to take you to a particular place and then you get there and you're like, hang on a minute, this is not what I thought. This is not how I saw it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And some nights you're just like, man, I'm, I'm glad people can't read my mind right now because what I'm thinking is not what I'm showing, you know. Mm. And you just want to get on a train and look out the window and forget all your problems and leave. Yeah. So that's kind of the song for me and more universally just about being a bit stuck and wanting to get out. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm so glad you guys made the decision to go with the original stuff because it's been wonderful. Thank you. And speaking of requests, I always used to get people saying, you know, Jimmy Barnes, mate. You know? <laughs> yes. I had the one comeback that was always, look, you know, Jimmy and I have a little understanding. I don't do any of his stuff. He doesn't do any of mine. <laughs> it, it worked up to a point until you found people that had heard it before. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't so funny anymore, but anyway. Yeah. The video for Leaving was shot in Calbar in Queensland. It was. Such a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. Billy, our little Jack Russell studio dog, was born in Calbar. Oh, no way. Cute. Yeah, and when we went to pick him up as a puppy, we fell in love with the town and didn't want to leave. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure I know that building where you recorded the video. Yeah, so it's across the road from where the post office and the sweets shop is. Ah, okay. Yeah. In the back there, a little secret space. Right. 
used to be the True Value Hardware, if anyone remembers those days. Well, it's been a little while since we've been out there, but beyond picking up a puppy, which was a wonderful experience, I've just got such great memories of that cafe. Oh, yes. There's some lovely spots in Calbar, and yes, I believe you might be talking about Lovett's, which is a beautiful... On the corner there, opposite the pub. Yeah, yeah, beautiful big cafe on the corner filled with lovely plants and awesome coffee. And lovely people too. Lovely people. Yeah. There's been a few more cafes pop up now, so you'll have to come back and have a visit. Oh, I might do that. Yeah. Throw the guitar and see if I can get a gig somewhere. Definitely. Now, I heard you recently performed for the inmates at a state correctional facility in Queensland and the new single had quite a a profound effect on your, shall we say, captive audience there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, it did. We we have been lucky enough to go in there twice now and play some songs and just have a chat. And I tell you what, they were the most engaged audience we've ever played to and it was such a brilliant experience and I'm so glad we got the opportunity to do it. Yeah. As you say, Levin really kind of struck a chord with them, which, I mean, if you listen to the lyric, I'm sure you can understand why. Yes, yeah. It was so, so nice. Yeah. Well, I saw a quote that you said about the experience. You said it was incredible to see a room full of hard men let their walls come tumbling down after hearing this tune. Yeah. One of them put up his hand and said, it's like you wrote that song here. That must have been an incredibly humbling thing for you. It was incredibly humbling because never did I expect that that particular song. You know, like I wasn't writing leave and going, yeah, this is totally going to resonate with some inmates. Yeah. It really kind of reiterated to me the power of music and kind of the connection that it can bring between people no matter where you're from or what you're doing or any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good on you for taking your music to them. That's wonderful. Thank you. So you've got more new music to come throughout the rest of the year. What what other plans do you have? Touring? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. My goal for 2023 was always I just want to release songs. We kind of went into the studio, we recorded a bunch of songs and then COVID hit and then mm-hmm. everything kind of stopped for a period of time. And now I've got a bunch of songs that I've just been hanging on to and, you know, you keep writing. So you've got all this old stuff that's kind of recorded and needs to be put out, but you're writing new stuff and you're like, man, I've evolved since. Yeah. So it's like I'm moving too fast, but I don't want to slow down. So 2023, I, my goal was to kind of just release a bunch of songs which is still the plan. So you can definitely, as you say, expect more new music from me. We are planning a little bit of touring in the later half of the year, but it's all early days at the moment. So we're still locking in some spaces and kind of figuring out the next six months. We've kind of taken just a tiny step back from playing so many shows because, as I said, we were playing cover gigs like just endlessly and relentlessly. So I just needed a minute, you know, to kind of reevaluate and figure out where we were at and just really focus on getting the music out. Yeah. But stay tuned because the later half of this year we'll definitely hit the road, I reckon. Brilliant. Well, just on that point to remind us, please, where can our listeners find all the info on you and your music and see any upcoming performing dates? Well, the easiest place is probably my website, which is laurafrank.com.au. And from there, you'll find all the links to kind of my social media channels. You'll find the shows. All the shows also come up on my Spotify page as well. So if you head to Spotify and search Laura Frank, you'll find that there. And my social media handle, which is Laura Frank Music, you'll find all the day-to-day information on those channels as well. Everything you needed to know. Wonderful. (laughs) Our special guest this week has been the lovely Laura Frank, who's been good enough, or or should I say brave enough, to come back and visit us again. (laughs) 
Laura, thanks for finding the time to come play on the road with us once more. Thank you. It's always great to chat. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. Now it's time to hear your beautiful new single, Laura. Would you please introduce it for us? I would love to. Hello, everyone. My name is Laura Frank and you're listening to On The Road and you're about to hear my brand new single. It's called Leavin'.
have you ever come up behind a caravan wearing a big green sticker that says I'm truck friendly? It's simply telling you that the driver you're following is a part of a growing safety-minded community of caravanners who actually want to help other road users, have a good understanding of safe towing practices and have a UHF radio switched on and ready to communicate. If you too want to be a part of the solution and not the problem, find out more about the great truck-friendly caravan road safety program by visiting their Facebook page or website at www.truckfriendly.com.au. Hi there, this is Bob McMillan. Um, something may be a little bit different in uh, something to talk about this week, but uh, I hope it's uh, hope everyone finds it interesting. I've been reading um, the uh, Weekend magazine from last weekend's Weekend Australian, and there's a profile in there about uh, an Indigenous actress by the name of Leah Purcell. Uh, she plays the character Molly Johnson in um, The Drover's Wife. And if you haven't read the book, seen the series on the smart television or seen the movie, uh, I can highly recommend it. It's very thought-provoking and very well done, and she plays a very strong role, and I don't know if everyone realises this or not, but I just love strong women. Anyway, I'm going to quote uh, from Leah Purcell or from the article about her, and it starts here. Purcell has no time for politicking. Her art is her voice, a voice she says was denied her mother and grandmother who were forced or who was forcibly removed from her family as a child and taken to the Mergen adjacent indigenous settlement of Sherberg. Some great footballers come from Sherberg, that's my comment. Uh, to quote again, ask for her views on the indigenous voice to parliament, she responds, there'll never be harmony in Canberra because everyone has an agenda. I put my voice through my stories, just hoping to bring about understanding, along with other indigenous mob out there. There are some awesome plays at the moment that are looking at black-on-black issues, which is an eye-opener for our own mob to see, an eye-opener for the general public to see. Indigenous issues should not be a political football, she says. These are people's lives. As an Indigenous people, we are very diverse in who we are. We are made up of many nations, and within those are tribes and clans, family groups, and everyone has their own viewpoint. End of quote. Well, that's an amazing quote, an amazing uh, stance taken by a very, very thought-provoking and clever and talented lady. And it got me thinking, like, this is one of the issues in our road transport industry. What we're trying to do here is fix something that needs fixing with diverse interests, diverse uh, occupational roles for all the different people in it, from the manifest clerk to the uh, driver of the biggest road train and the managing director of the biggest public company or and even one of the biggest private companies in the Southern Hemisphere. How are we going to fix this by just going ahead with one branch of politics or with one or two organisations and not allowing everyone to contribute? The issue is how we get them to contribute and how we get them to come to some honest and fair, and I've been on about fair, as you know, conclusions. And I got to thinking... And this this is pretty radical, I suppose, or maybe even left field, or however you want to talk about it, and I'll be interesting to hear other people's opinions on this. But maybe these people who think they've got all the answers, who've never done our job, who really don't understand it as much as they would honestly like to, I'm sure, maybe they ought to just come and spend a few days with us, out of, with us all out at Alice Springs at the reunion and listen to our stories and let our stories do the talking, just as Leah Purcell is. I think that would be a wonderful thing to do and I don't think it would be a waste of anyone's time. 
there's some great people come to the reunion. There's some great stories told, and some of them get told two or three times, and I still love them. So maybe our stories could uh, take care of things where the politics and the politicking don't. Something to talk about, something to think about. Thanks for listening. Catch you all on the roundabout. Take care. Us out from this week's show is our music guest, the fabulous Laura Frank, with her aptly titled track simply called The Road. I've been walking for miles in the wrong direction, doing laps around the sun, wasting time. I've been looking for Got it wrong one too many times I've been talking about
On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On the Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. Mm-hmm.